Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the, uh, tuning in for the Harmonics, uh, inaugural Harmonics Community Podcast. Um, this is HMX Sean. Uh, so this is actually a really cool podcast. It's, we hope it continues to be really cool, but, um, to start, we've actually got, uh, some really interesting people lined up on this show. Um, we got an interview with Tim Schaefer. Uh, we got an interview with Claudio from, uh, Coheed and Cambria, uh, we have the DLC report for next week and the following week. And uh, in addition, we also have a My First PAX report um, from the uh, Giggle Ladies um, of the community department who are going to talk about uh, what PAX was like for them for their first time out there. So um, we hope you really enjoy the show. This one's a little bit longer than uh, I think future podcasts will be just because of all of the epic content we have on here. But um, I hope you subscribe. I hope you enjoy listening. And uh, we will... Um, be hitting you up with a new episode in two weeks. Um, so a few weeks ago, uh, Coheed and Cambria came through town, and uh, HMX Henry, who uh, here to with will be referred to as Aaron, his Christian name, and uh, Pope got a chance to go down there and actually interview Claudio. So um, I have uh, both of these fine young gentlemen here right now, and uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about how that went. It was uh, it was really cool. Um, it was the uh, the first audio interview that we had uh, tried to set up. Um, this was as the idea of the the podcast was was still gestating. Um, we uh, we had kind of accidentally come across. Um, a bulletin from a local record store announcing that Claudio was going to be in town signing copies of his new comic book. And so we reached out to, uh, we reached out to Claudio and Coheed and Cambria's management, um, kind of through, uh, through MTV and through Newberry Comics. Um, and we weren't able to meet up with him at the record store, which is what we had thought. Um, instead they invited us to meet them at the show, uh, where we could instead interview Claudio, um, on the Coheed and Cambria tour bus. Um, and as we are not foolish, we did not say no. Right. And, uh, we took the camera. We got footage of a lo- not just their interview, but we also got footage of them performing, which was pretty amazing. We get to stand where the journalists and reporters get to stand right in the front. Uh, we got some up close shots of Claudio rocking out. It's important to note that at the show, we didn't get to talk to him, but Dio was there as well. Dio was headlining with uh, Heaven and Hell, uh, his, his version of Black Sabbath, which uh, had a ridiculous set full of gargoyles. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was, that was probably the only strike that I would give Coheed and Cambria on this tour. Not anywhere near as many gargoyles um, or giant electrical spheres right. um, as, uh, as Dio had. They had the same amount of runes. Just not enough spheres yeah. and gargoyles. Yeah, very heavy on the runes. Yep. Um, so, yeah, high, high rune content um, in this podcast. Uh, the very first interview that we set up uh, with, with Claudio from Coheed and Cambria. Check it out. We're from Harmonics. Uh, we're with Rock Band. Um, and, uh, and thought that it would be pretty cool while you were in town to, to stop by and, and talk to you a little bit about, you know, Rock Band and, you know, being in a video game and, and, and all that crazy futuristic music stuff all right um, <laughs> um so when did uh when did you uh di- when did you first hear of rock band i guess um i'm not i i'm not sure i think it was like a, it was a holiday gift wasn't it i mean it came out around the holidays no yeah um i don't i you know honestly i, I don't know i guess uh 
you know, just, you know, playing those kinds of games, like you just kind of hear about something, oh, this looks intriguing, oh, you know, it's going to incorporate other instruments, that's, you know, that was pretty much it, you know. Um, but as far as, like, the actual time, I, I don't know. That's cool. It's <laughs> not, not a serious quiz. I'm not going to oh, right. check in your answers <laughs> later. Uh, so have you, you've played rock bands? Yes, I have, actually. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Now we we end up uh, we moderate the rock band forums uh, and we, we talk to fans a lot and we go out to a lot of uh, fan events and um, people absolutely love the the songs from you guys that we have in the game and uh, and we get a lot of feedback on the forums and in, and e emails from people that have said that they've either talked to you guys after shows um, or met up with you guys at things like at Newberry today um, talking to you about getting more songs in rock yeah. bands. Uh, do you get a lot of that? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, um, there's certainly, uh, you know, even on the message boards, there's like polls for what songs they'd like to see. Yeah, we saw that on um, the, yeah, uh, the official yeah. fan site. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, that's. I think that's awesome. I think it's a way to get the music out there, get kids more involved or fans more involved in, in, in the music. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I mean, I've, I've certainly played it a bunch of. Actually, I mean, because the songs in there, you know, I certainly have had parties where it's like, oh, you have to sing it. It's your song. You have to sing it. Let's <laughs> see what you get. And I did. I did once, and I got like an 86. <laughs> um, but uh, We get a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just think, it, I think it's cool. I mean, my, my, my brother is certainly a big fan. I mean, I turned him onto it actually last year because, you know, he wanted to play Welcome Home. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think it was right before Rock Band 2 actually came out. So... Um, once I got him one, he was like, I need two, you know, like definitely like, you know, he was into it. Getting so. people hooked, we should put you on commission. All right. <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's awesome that, uh, that you guys are so in touch with, uh, with your, with your fans, with the community, and, um, you know, that you're able to like meet up with them after shows and stuff. And, um, and it's cool that they are in turn, you know, able to come to us and say like, we want more and, you know, they're aware of it. So you guys should get some more stuff in the game. Um. Have you guys heard of uh, this Rock Band Network thing that we're doing? That I don't know. I haven't. Uh, Rock Band Network uh, basically is is a tool that will uh, allow bands and record labels uh, to make their own rock band songs. Um, do you think that that's something that you guys would be uh, I, would be interested in looking at? I think so. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, that's very cool. We can definitely hook you guys up with some information about. Yeah, that. please. That, um, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Very cool. That's good news. <laughs> Um, so how's the uh, how's the tour been going so far? Um, so far so good. I mean, this is the end of the cycle. So, uh, you know, after this we go into the studio. We'll pretty much most of the the remainder of the year will be dedicated to working on a new record. So, um, but so far so good. I mean, it's it's been a you know an honor to get to play with you know these like legends. You know, deal. So, yeah, yeah. And you know, I I don't know. Actually, the first show I ever went to was actually this lineup of Sabbath on in '92 Dehumanizer really? tour. So yeah, it was just. Uh, is really you know I was very excited when uh, management came to us and said you know there's an opportunity to play with these guys and we were like yeah you know oh that's awesome you know so to be able to go from like fan to contemporary yeah that's, totally that's awesome um, is it uh is it still weird for you guys kind of like coming from uh, coming from like I remember on when you guys were on Equal Vision Records and, and we talked to a lot of people in the office we were like man. I saw them when when they played like some church in Middleborough, Massachusetts, yeah. and um, and I, I used to see you guys play with like other hardcore bands from from EVR. Is it is it still weird for you to kind of like come from that place to now like 
playing with bands that you used to you used to go to see shows for? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I think we're we're fortunate because it it was never like an overnight kind of boom. Yeah. You know, it's it was it's just a gradual progression. So we've been able to stay comfortable. You know, every you know step. You know, towards where we are now. You know, um, so I mean, I, I, I mean, there's there are moments where you you know you still get nervous, like going out on stage or or feeling awkward. But for the most part, I mean, it's it's been very comfortable. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah, you guys have had enough time. You've been a band for how many years now? Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has no, it been that long no, it's like it's uh, like professionally probably nine. Years. Yeah, it's been nine years. You know, two thousand we. Um, I think that's when we signed with Equal Vision. 2002 was the release of the of second stage. So, um, so I, I, I guess I'd like to think nine years. <laughs> we'll say nine years. Yeah, so let's... that's good enough for me. Um, and you've got a bunch of other stuff like keeping you busy, like writing comic books. Yeah, yeah. How did, how did that happen? Um, well, I mean, it's always been uh, a part of the band's mythology. Is this, uh, you know, this science fiction tale about Coheed and Cambria and. Uh, you know, when I started the idea, I always wanted to push um, the concept into that medium, into comic books, because you know, I grew up uh, a fan of it. Um, and you know, and, and in doing that, I've also you know pushed into other other titles. Like we, my fiance and I, we've been uh, collaborating on one called Kill Audio, which is more of a, a comedy um, and isn't necessarily. It's not really tied into. Coheed and Cambria mythology, and we've got a couple of other titles that we're uh, we're tossing around. So hopefully, in the near future, those will see the light of day. But you know, uh, I just I just love it. I spend you know I spend my Wednesdays in the comic shop just kind of catching up. So that's you know. I'm I'm guilty of guilty of the same. So. <laughs> um, but that's that's super cool. I mean, to be able to you know work with like Image Comics and you know Boom Studios now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's really cool. Like, do do you do you think of yourself as a storyteller first or as a musician first? Um, I you know I I think a little bit of both because you know I, uh, when I think of myself as as a child, I mean you know creating um, scenarios with action figures in a way of storytelling. I mean you sit there and you watch your favorite cartoon and. And somehow you're like, well, I, I can't wait till next week to find out what happened to these characters. So you go into your room, you grab your figures, and you create your own uh, little tale. So um, I always like to think that I took something from that time in my life. And um, so I guess I'd like to think both. I don't know. That's awesome. That's very cool. Very cool. Thank you very much for sitting down with us. You got it. Are you guys going to stick around for the show? Yeah, we're going to try. Oh, cool. Awesome. awesome. Rung, my demo rung, brought low the burning wall. Now you're receiving, am I getting through at all? Are you really, are you really a woman? Hey everybody, this is Claudio from Coheed and Cambria. And you're listening to the Rock Band Podcast. Sorry, I kind of did it like a radio station. <laughs> All right, so next up we have the uh, our first uh, 
Giggle Bitches segment. Um, that that's not a term of disrespect. Uh, it's a couple of the the the, the fine women in um, the Harmonics PR and Community Department. Most of them with me right now. So we have a uh, Cat and Thrasher, and they'll uh, talk about the segment. So hi everyone. This is our first ever Giggle Bitches segment. Um, it'll probably be a regular thing, just where Cat, uh, Steph, and I talk about some of the things going on in our world with the community team, talk about our travels, our experiences. And yeah, Kat, do you want to tell them what our first segment's about? Sure. Uh, our first segment is going to be about our experience at PAX, and it was the first time for all three of us being there. Uh, so yeah, look forward to more of the female giggle contingent from the community team on the podcast. Yep, and watch the zine on rockband.com for information about where the name giggle came from. Hey, what's going on, Harmonics community? Uh, this is HMX Cat Attack, and I am here with the best Steph and HMX Thrasher, more commonly known as the Giggle Bitches. And we are going to talk to you a little bit about our experience at PAX. Um, so yeah, for all three of us, it was our first time going to PAX, and it, we had an excellent time, and I will, I will let the ladies explain that to you themselves. Um, maybe we should start off talking about what, what, uh, what did you guys expect going into PAX, having never experienced it before? Strudels? <laughs> hey, Strudels here. <laughs> I was expecting it to be um, much nerdier than it actually was. I was thinking like um, like Star Trek convention and I was going to be really out of place. And instead, it was actually really, really cool. And I just got to meet a lot of people who are interested in um, you know the same things that I am, which is like comic books and... And uh, movies and but video games. <laughs> apparently not. Have you been to a Star Trek convention before? Uh, no, I can't say I have. I've never seen Star Trek. I don't know what it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's not true. To, that's we true. may have to edit that. <laughs> um, Thrasher, what, what was your take on PAX? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, you know, we, we came to PAX and we'd been at Gamescom shortly beforehand, and that's a big, huge consumer event over in Germany, and that was crazy and fun and unique and totally overwhelming. It was just like throngs and throngs of humanity and we didn't speak the language and it was really intense. And I, I kind of thought PAX would be like that, but then I heard all these crazy stories from, you know, colleagues here at Harmonix who uh, were giving me the stink eye because they were jealous that we got to go to PAX. And so I, was, I heard a lot of first PAX stories before we went, so I just, I had no idea what to expect. I went with an open mind and um, I, had a, I had a blast. I. You know, like I think we said before, we don't like to pick favorites with events, but this was by far the best event we did this summer. It was like video game summer camp. It was just really, really awesome. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I had an awesome time at PAX as well, and especially, like you said, coming back from Gamescom. And then uh, prior to that, we had been on the road for pretty much the entire summer, uh, starting with E3. And then we were back and forth across Europe a couple times and tons of stuff going on in the States. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you're out on the road for that long at, at those sorts of, you know, conventions with thousands of people, you, you know, you kind of forget who your core audience is and people aren't always the, the most friendly when you're on stage trying to show them how to use the game. And, you know, sometimes that can be a bummer when there's not as many friendly people as you would like. And uh, after just even a couple of hours at PAX, I realized that it was, you know, really an excellent, excellent tight-knit community of gamers that are really friendly and just you know, great to talk to, rad people, all the people that worked there were great, the enforcers were awesome, uh, our guy Brian was fantastic, it was great to work with him, and, you know, just overall, everyone that we encountered there was, was 
amazing and super friendly and it was an excellent experience yeah it was really cool getting to meet a lot of the uh, a lot of the like fans and and kids from the forum and that sort of thing um, and having people just come up and be like oh like I recognize your handle from the zine and it's really cool to meet you in person and will you sign this t-shirt like that was really um, really cool I thought and there were a lot of people who like kind of hung out um, for I mean what seemed like the entire day like spent all of their packs at our booth which was pretty amazing because um, those guys were like really really nice so I thought that was really cool just getting to meet like people who like the game as much as we do. Yeah I also thought it was awesome seeing some of the same faces over and over again like there were a couple of people I ran into who we'd met at Gamescom and it was crazy that they'd been in Europe and then were there at PAX with us. There were a few people I'd seen at E3 that's always really fun and then we had like some of our Boston friends, some of our regulars from Improv Boston Night were out there. Um, I met a couple who were on their honeymoon at PAX, which was awesome. And wow. then I actually ran into them this past weekend because they live here in Boston, oh, too. Oh, wow, that's crazy. So it was, just, it was just really fun. And I love that our booth basically ran itself. This was the first event we did where people knew how to play our games and knew how to set it up. And people were, were helping, you know, if someone came up and didn't know how to play, instead of us having to explain it, people were, like, being... Super collaborative, figuring out harmonies together, showing people how the, how the guitars worked, giving each other tips. It was just awesome all around. Yeah, and that's because you guys out there in podcast land were there, and you guys know what's up, and it was awesome to meet a ton of you and play the game with you. Um, and thanks again for all of you that purchased the Child's Play charity t-shirts designed by John D. and Fish McGill here at Harmonix. Um, that was excellent. They sold out really fast. We were really psyched about that. Um, and yeah, we just we had an excellent time. So um, yeah, we've talked about what we liked and what went well. What did you guys? What would you say like are the don'ts going into PAX twenty ten <laughs> in the future? <laughs> we are living in the future now. <laughs> or PAX East if you're coming to PAX East. <laughs> but you should come. That's also in twenty ten. It's also in the future, future, future. Um, so I don't know. For me, um, so for me, like I said, I really enjoyed getting to meet people. Uh, but it was like, you know, it was a three-day concert, I mean, conference, and, um, like, we were there in Seattle, all lonely, and it would have been really cool if a lot of people who kind of waited until, like, the last day to be like, all right, I got the courage, I'm gonna go say hi to those giggle bitches over there, like, I wish that everyone had come up and said hi earlier, and, um, hung out all weekend, and They were too busy talking to HMX Sean. Well, that's true. (laughs) Celebrity Sean did have his own fan club, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought that was cool, but I would say like next time, come up right off the bat and like introduce yourself and tell us who you are and and uh, and then buy us a drink and we'll probably be your friend forever. Oh, yeah. that's true. We we uh, we love the booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would say don't be shy. Don't forget to tell us your name. You know, I I get so bummed out when um. We got back and there were some people on the forums going, oh, I felt a little bit too shy. And don't be shy. We're just normal nerds like you. Come over and say hi and, you know, give us a high five or a chest bump or something. Not um, a chest bump. I'd prefer a high five. <laughs> I'll do a I'll chest bump. A, I'll take a fist bump. I do not want a chest bump. <laughs> Allie can take the hit for the team on that one. <laughs> I will give you a chest bump. <laughs> um, I, really, I really only have one don't that I came away, away with from PAX, and this was also something that me and uh, Thrasher experienced over at Gamescom, too. <laughs> but, you know, every once in a while, you know, I, I worked on the main stage for the most of the conference, and, um, you know, it was a great time, but every once in a while, 
there was that guy or gal coming down off stage. Um, this one person in particular that I legit saw fling, fling a booger. Um, generally not the best thing to do, especially considering that our game is very visceral and hands-on. And, you know, you're mouse up to the microphone, you're holding the guitars and everything. So, you know, just a word to the wise. Don't be nabbing for nose nuggets on the main stage at PAX. <laughs> you know, I have to say, this is the third time I've heard this story, and I'm still gagging right now. It makes me gag really bad. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as at Gamescom when I saw a guy, like, legit blow his nose in his hand. Oh, That's when, if you're on stage and, and Kat or I tell you that we're going to tune your guitar, it means we're going to take it away from you and Clorox wipe it backstage. Yeah, and for those of you that don't, you know... Pick, pick their nose or cough on stuff. Be, be you know, totally okay with the fact that me and Thrasher and, and Steph always have some Clorox wipes on hand at the booth. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking out for you guys just as much as we're looking out for us. We're a three-woman yeah. swine flu prevention squad, and we failed at PAX thanks to your boogers. Yeah. Actually, we didn't get sick at all. We should note that the that the ladies of harmonics did not get the flu. We when didn't we get back from Yeah, we were H1N1 free. Um, yeah. yeah. It's because we self-medicated. Yeah, again, we like booze. Um, so in closing, yeah, we had an excellent time at PAX, as we've said numerous times throughout this segment. Um, we can't wait to see those of you that are planning on coming to PAX East. And it's going to be our hometown throwdown here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Harmonics people abound for PAX East. Yes. So uh, book your tickets now. Come and come and check us out at PAX <laughs> I'm East. Like, booger your tickets. I also, I <laughs> heard, no, I no, no more boogers. <laughs> no, bo- booger takers can come, I suppose. Um, we got Clorox wipes. It's okay. But yeah, so we will see see you soon. And thanks for tuning in to the Harmonics Podcast Giggle Bitches Edition, sponsored by Clorox. Giggle Bitches out. <laughs> On Friday, October 2nd, I got the chance to interview Tim Schaefer, who is the founder of Double Fine, um, creator of a number of fine video games. Uh, Just to give you a little background on um, Tim Schaefer's biography, uh, he worked on The Secret of Monkey Island, uh, Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, Maniac Mansion, Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, Grim Fandango... uh, 2005's Psychonauts, which um, Thrasher will tell you she likes better than you do, no matter who you are. Um, Big fan of that. And uh, finally, on October 13th, he has uh, his newest game, Brutal Legend, starring uh, Jack Black um, as Eddie Riggs, uh, a a roadie in hell. Um, So we got a chance to sit down and talk to him, um, which was very exciting. Um, just moments before he was to sit down and uh, be on the Jimmy Fallon show. So uh, here is that interview. This is um, Sean Baptiste uh, from Harmonics, and we have a very special guest uh, for our inaugural uh, Harmonics podcast, uh, Mr. Tim Schaefer, uh, video game luminary, uh, double fine founder, and uh, creative director of Brutal Legend. So uh, welcome, Tim. Hello. It is great to have you on here. Thanks for having me. Great to be on the inaugural podcast. It's you're, you're the first. You're you're breaking this wide open. Oh my god! You'll never have another first. There'll never be another first unless we get canceled and have to start all over again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll do my best to get you canceled. Perfect. Um, 
so yeah, we just sort of wanted to ask you a lot of things about the game, about music, and uh, sort of see where it goes. If you're down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be more uh, me fouling up than you. But because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure at this point you've done many interviews. Okay, just a couple. Yeah, just just a few. I hear you're going on Jimmy Fallon a little bit later. I know it's pretty. Um, I'm a little nervous about that. I've never been on TV of that uh, magnitude before. But uh, it's gonna be live and it's gonna be crazy. And I hope uh, I just hope I'm not boring. I don't think you will be, and um, I'm sure the Roots will be happy to back you up and help you out. Best band in uh, late night, yeah. <laughs> easily. Um, yeah, it's crazy. They're they're fantastic. So, um, how did you get into metal? Was there this sort of like uh, defining moment when uh, when when you were just like, yeah, no, this is I like this. There was, there was exactly. Um, I was, you know, when you're a little kid and you don't really know what to listen to, and you've got like we had these little mono tape decks. They have like a one speaker and a tape deck and a radio, and um, you're just trying to like uh, you're listening. It's just, it was like the um, the early 80s, maybe late 70s, and I was listening to, I was trying to like, um, I was listening to some, I, I think it was Super Tramp or something on the, on the radio, and my, um, I had older brothers, and one of my older brothers walked in the room and like caught me listening to Super Tramp, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you listening to? Like, he's like, he was like all shocked, he's like, come with me, and he like brought me back to his room, and he's like, okay, listen to this, and he sat me down, and he put on, uh, uh, Iron Man by Black Sabbath. And it was just like from the very beginning of that thumping, thump, thump, thump. And then that crazy robotic voice, I'm Iron Man, and this thing. And then those crazy, that crazy main, you know, riff of Iron Man. I was like, oh my God, this is so scary. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I was pretty young. And like, I, you know, that's what older brothers and sisters are for, so that you know what's cool when you don't know what to do. So that was pretty much where it all started from there. And then I went and bought. Uh, uh, Diary of the Madman by Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, fantastic. That was the first album I ever really bought. And the, the, the great thing is I got to, you know, I still have that record. I still have that same record I bought back then in, like, 81. And I got to bring it to the studio when we recorded Ozzy, and I got to show it to Ozzy and have Ozzy sign it and explain to me what all the little secret symbols meant, and it was really <laughs> fun. That's fantastic. Um, how, how would you define metal as a, as a, as a genre? Metal? Yeah, it's just sort of a hotly contested topic. Yeah. I mean, because um, uh, friends of mine, you know, we also, we listen to metal, but we also listen to what we call, like, hard rock in the, in our high school years. And we always debate what was the cutoff point between hard rock and heavy metal. Because um, they both had, like, you know, power chords. They both had, like, guitar solos. And they, a lot of the music sounds similar, but there was this, this hard thing to nail down of what made something metal as opposed to hard rock. And to me, it was always, like... Um, uh, hard rock sang about girls and partying and good times, and heavy metal sang about blackness and death and alienation, misery, insanity, and uh, epic battles of good and evil and things like that. So it really, to me, was always the subject matter. Plus, just felt like it was in a minor. It was always in a minor key compared to hard rock. You know? Right, right. So I guess I don't know if that's a definition, but that's really the. I think you you labeled the feeling behind it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be. There could be really uplifting, happy metal. Well, I'm not trying to think of an example of a really happy metal song. <laughs> Nothing's right. coming to mind. That's yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, even it would never say die by uh, Black Sabbath is actually a pretty happy song, upbeat song, but it still sounds because Ozzy's singing it a little messed up. It's so heavy, yeah. It still um, it still has that heft to it. Um, 
so was that sort of a jumping off point sort of that that the sort of that definition of the genre that you gave is that sort of like was that sort of a jumping off point for where brutal legend would go um sort of stylistically and narratively well, yeah i think especially the part about the epic lore because you know we had some pressure to change the genre uh, to other forms of music and um and you could make parts of the game you know a musical based uh action game but um no other uh, genre of music besides metal has that lore to it, as far as I'm concerned, like that epic tales about battles and, and history. And, you know, like that's what, um, you know, there's Viking metal and all the kinds of uh, metal that are inspired by Norse mythology and, the, you know, Man of War songs. Like it's all, it's all about like singing about these great, like Braveheart battles and all these um, crazy themes that really no other uh, form of music really taps into, I don't think. Right, right. Um... So I, I got a chance to play the demo just recently, and um, uh, one of the questions we, we, we wanted to put to you was uh, the sort of the opening cinematic. Um, there's this uh, sort of critique of, I would say, we were like modern pop metal. Um, is there oh. is there, is there Cabbage sort of, Boy? Yeah, Cabbage Boy. Right. Is is it is that sort of the state of metal today? Is that is that sort of you know so, sort of maybe where it is at the moment? Well, that's more like the state of, I guess, uh, uh, corporate uh, album, uh, I mean, um, you know, record label top artist kind of metal, I guess. Like co-opted. You see, the, the stuff you see really, what? Like co-opted metal. Yeah, like, like you know, a lot of these bands seem they're kind of created by a record label. They seem like these young guys that a record label got a hold of and they just went along with everything that the label told them to do. Like, they wear your hair like this and we're going to film it like this, and you should, uh, this guy should lose some weight, this guy should, we should hide him in the back, and this guy should wear some more eyeliner, and, like, they always just seem kind of, um, manufactured to me, and the sound seems really, you know, like, auto-tuned and manufactured, and there's certain trends that are just, like, certain kinds of screamo, and certain kinds of just things that are just, lay, like, added on top, that just, the, and the feeling is gone, like, the, 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 the sincerity, uh, of of metal is kind of lost on these bands, but there are a lot of new bands that are you know current bands like like Three Inches of Blood and stuff that really still are obviously very authentic and definitely singing from the heart, you know, and and feeling what they're doing. And so um, it's not like I'm saying new metal is bad. There's a lot of new metal bands that are. I mean, current, there's a lot of bands that are new and are metal that are good. There's not a lot of new new metal. Which, uh, That's very affirming. <laughs> um. So there is a, a, an epic amount of music in this in this game. Um, as far as I can tell, it looked about to be about yeah, over a hundred tracks. Yeah, hundred eight tracks. That's um, yeah. Th- was was was. I mean, this is, this must have been a huge undertaking for for you and your audio team. Yeah, I mean, I I had the fun part in that I just had to I got to make a list at the very beginning of my favorite metal songs that I really really wanted, like um. Motorhead and Ozzy and the Sabbath and Judas Priest stuff that I liked, and then Emily Ridgway, our music director, um, had to do a lot more research to find out all the stuff to cover the other areas of the game because there are other areas in the game where um, there's different people who like different kinds of music and that kind of takes over the area. Like there's a black metal area and there's a industrial metal area and there's a hair metal area in the game, you know. And so we had to have music to fill that all in. And I didn't know a ton about hair metal or industrial metal and. and um, so Emily did a lot of research, and she consulted our local uh, ex- uh, record store metal expert, you know, and got some recommendations there. And sometimes we'd even get them from the forums, because, like, 
we'd put up a couple songs, EA would announce a couple songs, and then someone on the forums would be like, I bet, they, I bet they're not going to have Enslaved, and I'd be like, well, let me look up that band. <laughs> and we would actually look up the bands and be like, you know what, we do have Enslaved, so there. Like, <laughs> and, it was, and it was great. And I think that's one of the, that, that was one of the methods actually using forum taunting uh, that we actually managed to cover, I think, some of the more... Um, more culty stuff, but also through our like record store contacts, we found great bands like uh, Angel Witch and uh, Brooklyn Helm, and added them to the mix. And um, and we also thought we weren't going to get a lot of songs because we thought you know there'd be like fifty fifty chance of getting all right. So we right, right. we asked for a bunch more than you know we even uh, were originally planning to have, and then we ended up getting most of them. And we're like, yeah, woo. <laughs> um, did you have to go out and pitch some of the bands uh, yourself? We got a lot. Of, I mean, EA did the most of the licensing for us, um, so they would go out. They have relationships, you know, with a lot of these people, uh, and it really helped um, having some of the. And we we make contact with some of these guys uh, in person, like Rob Halford, just from doing his voice. He plays General Ryan White in the game, and he plays the Baron. And so we got to know him in the studio. And once you make that personal connection, the licensing became much easier because he's like, "Oh my God, we need a Judas Priest song," and he can kind of like grease those wheels because otherwise you're just like have to get in line between all the uh, commercials and everything that wants to use their music, you know? Yeah, standing on their front lawn, knocking on their door. Can I have my your music for my game? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so speaking actually of, of you, you have actually a lot of really iconic musicians um, who actually appear as characters or doing voices of characters in the game. Yeah. Um, Lemmy, Rob Halford, uh-huh. as you mentioned, Ozzy's in there, uh, Lita Ford. Uh, Lita Ford. It's just, I mean, really, really huge people coming in and doing this. Uh, I mean, I imagine that must have been pretty interesting in the studio. Interesting, yeah, to say the least. I mean, I, they were my heroes. When I, like, when I, I always say, like, if I made a list when I was 14 and all the people I wanted to meet in the world, like, through the course of this project, I've met all, so many of them. It's so crazy. Like, I, um, and if I could go back in time and tell myself that I'm going to meet these guys someday, I think my head would have exploded. <laughs> like, holy cow. You're going to hang out with Ozzy a couple times and... You know, I, I mean, I think, I think it felt like at first they were very, you know, we sh- when they first heard about the game, maybe a little, they wanted to see how the treat, how it was going to be treated, you know, because I think there have been some maybe treatments of their music before that, you know, they didn't want to be in some joke or like a parody, you know, metal uh, game or something. And so, but I think they could tell once they looked at the concept art and heard the story that it was like really a tribute, a very, you know, very yeah, loving yeah. tribute to metal, you know, like. That these guys were going to be the rock gods in the, in the game. They're going to be the you know heroes of it, and that's because that's what it is. That's awesome. Um, so so I think sort of taking another tact. Um, so you've been writing uh, video games for a while now. A, a lot of my favorite games, in fact. Um, so so Why what do you? What, no problem. Um, what is it about your sort of approach to writing or your style that you think really hits a chord with people, that sort of humanizes the games? Gosh, yes. I, I don't. You know, you never know because it is great when you're at a um, like I was at PAX recently and saw some people cosplaying characters from the games, and I always feel like oh, that's so awesome that they, you know, someone feels a connection with the character enough that they want to make it real, and that's. Um, I guess for every single character, you know, even the small characters in the game, I always kind of sit down and try and figure out who they are and work on their backstory to, like, figure out where they're coming from and what, you know, just in general, uh, I think I've always been taught in good writing, you're trying to make stuff really, really specific. Like, if you have a, you're a hero, you're, all your characters should be really specific characters and not just, because it's easy to just 
you know, make things generic. You're like, oh, this is a guy, you know, and if you don't really think about where he's from, what, you know, what part of the country is he from, how, how you know, did he have a single parent or two parents? You know, like, you think these seasons through, and they start to give you little details of the character that you don't tell the player, but they come out in the dialogue, just by the dialogue. You know, every character's dialogue should only sound like it could have come from that one character. You know, you shouldn't be able to, like, transpose dialogue around, and it should be really specific to each character. So I'm hoping that it's just because really specific about who they are, and we try and make the characters feel really, to us, you know, that we really feel like Eddie exists and he's a really a real guy, that if we, if we really believe that and act on it and execute on that, that people playing the games would also feel that they're real. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's incredible. Because I've always had sort of, you know, there are some sort of movies, especially out there, where it does sound one voice, perhaps. I think Juno sort of comes to mind, where you can't really tell the characters apart. But yeah, I would agree with that, that all the characters have their own sort of personality. That's awesome. Um, So this is another uh, question, um, and and it's probably the most serious we could possibly ask. Um, Man of War lives on the road. And when they're in town, speakers explode. Uh, do you have any advice to address this epidemic? <laughs> that is that is a serious problem. It's a big I, problem I, in America uh, today. <laughs> I think you just have to live with it. I think you just because they're here to stay. You know, you can't get rid of the metal, and metal is not going away. Just have some extra speakers, you know, ready to ready to roll exactly. those when they explode. Okay. That's a that's a good that's a good way to prepare for this, I think. Yeah, or listen to them from space. Listen to them from space. I think that's perfect. Um, so I wanted to do a quick little bonus round of questions here, just sort of one word answers, yes or no. Um, there's all, there's only a few of them here, I think. I, but I, um, I I think this will get a, let us know you um, a little better. Um, do I so, have to form uh, the answer in the form of a question? The, uh, you would answer in the form of yes or no, or or maybe. Um, oh, okay. Good. Feel, feel so, okay. Um, we'll, we'll go through this. It's like a lightning round. Um, have you ever thrown up the horns? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, have you ever played a metal record backwards? Like thrown up. Yeah, it's sort of just thrown up the yes. horns with your hand. Uh, ha- have you ever played a metal <laughs> record backwards? Yes, I have. Um, have you ever been caught in a mosh? Yes, I have. Um, do you own a sleeveless denim jacket? No. No. But I aspire to. Have you ever listened to Man of War while slaying a dragon from atop a majestic battle steed? <laughs> Only in my mind. Only in your mind. Uh, so, and, and then this last one. Um, Dio, do you think he has the highest metal to square foot ratio of any man alive? The metal is very dense with that one. He's like a neutron star of metal. He is. He, he, he attracts more metal to him, I think. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that, that's, that's pretty much what we have for you uh, in, our, in our own sort of buffoonery. Um, but I wanted to thank you very much <laughs> for talking to us today uh, and taking time out of a, yeah, what I, I imagine must be a huge press tour uh, for you. And uh, best of luck with no, the game. No, thank you guys. Um, and we, have, we actually have some uh, Brutal Legend DLC uh, coming into Rock Band. I have um, heard that. Uh, which I'm very excited about that. We are. I'm really excited about. It. As soon as we started hearing more about what was on there, we were like, we we need to make that happen. Um, but we'll have uh, Motorheads. <laughs> we are the Road Crew. 
um, some Tenacious D, mm-hmm. the metal. One of the few songs about roadies. One of the few. One of the few, one of the strong. Um, and uh, Testaments yeah. More Than Meets the Eye. Um, and that'll be that'll be coming yeah. out the same week as Brutal Legend, which is um, October 13th uh, in, in the United States. So um, we're, 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 we're so proud to, to talk to you, and, and really best of luck on the game. That's awesome. Thanks for uh, having me on. Thanks for coming on. All right. All right. Have a good one. Good luck on Fallon. All right. right. Okay. Thanks a lot. Hey, everybody. This is Sean and the rest of the community team, and we are going to hit you up with the DLC roundtable. We'll talk about the the DLC for the week of 1013 and also for the Queen 10 pack, which is the week of 1020. So uh, first off, let's uh, have everybody introduce themselves in the room. HMX Henry! Yo, I'm Tim. (laughs) HMX Vang. Pope. Thrasher. Cat Attack. Ow! So, uh, for the first week, uh, 1013, we have something pretty awesome, uh, which we mentioned in the interview with Tim Schaefer. Uh, we have the Brutal Legend 3-pack, which is uh, pretty intense. We have Motorhead's We Are the Road Crew 08. Better than Ace of Spades, in my opinion. Wow. In my, it's, it's a controversial oh. opinion. That is a controversial opinion. It's uh, one of the few songs about roadies. Yes. Too. Not enough of them. It always gets stuck in my head when we're breaking down booths when we're on the road because I feel like when we're when we're taking apart instruments and taking apart instrument racks and breaking things and putting things in giant pallets and uh, it's just it's the soundtrack <laughs> to those experiences. Um, uh, also in that pack we have Tenacious D's "The Metal," which is you know awesome. And uh, Testaments, More Than Meets the Eye. That album uh, is off, it's off their latest album, and that song is unbelievable. It is probably probably going to be one of the most difficult songs we are going to be putting out. Uh, Alex Skolnick, the original guitarist for Testament, is back on that, and he is originally an improvisational jazz guitarist, so good luck. Um, we also have uh, a number of singles that week. Uh, Black Tide's uh, Show Me the Way. Black Tide, who um, I got to hang around with uh, a few years ago at South by Southwest. Uh, excellent group of guys, and uh, their songs in-game are already really fun to play. Aren't they 17? Uh, they cover a wide variety of ages, all of them younger than me. <laughs> um, all of them younger than all of us. Uh, younger than all of us. They're very talented. <laughs> Uh, Blink-182, What's My Age Again? Um, so that one will go. Um, yeah, the, uh, Blink-182 song and the Black Tide song were both originally out on the, uh, PSP, Underground. Awesome. Unplugged. Unplugged. Underground? Does <laughs> this need for speed? It's early in the morning! <laughs> we don't know the names of our caves! <laughs> um, then we have, uh, two tracks by Joe Satriani. We have Satch Boogie and Surfing with the Alien. <laughs> you, you, you might not know this, but uh, the album cover art for that game... <laughs> so early. The album cover art for... <laughs> it's 11.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's early! It's early! <laughs> What's on the cover, Tim? Yeah, uh, Silver Surfer. So this is our first appearance of a Marvel character. Uh, little fun fact, 
the album cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up, Tim. I'm on. I'm on. The album art you can find on um, issue one, panel six of Silver Surfer. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that went well. Um, we also, to keep it going, two tracks by Kansas. We have Icarus, Born on the Wings of Steel, uh, which is live from Two for the Show. And also Point of No Return, also from uh, live from Two for the Show. Yes. Uh, uh, Icarus, uh, Wings of Steel. This isn't about the song, but our very own Bill Cook, he's like the senior QA lead, has the world title score for the Nintendo game Kid Icarus. Thought you should all know that. It's That's important to know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill. Bill Cook. Ow. And lastly, we have L7 with Andres. Andres. Love L7. Um, I remember being like 13 or 14 when that song came out and just being like, wow, opens up my world to all the uh, Riot Girl rock that was going on at the time. So totally psyched to see this song in Rock Band now. That will be fun to play. That's, a, that's, a te- that's, the, that's 10 tracks uh, for 10-13 uh, week of. Um, the following week, we have um, 10 tracks by a band you probably have never heard of. Queen. Who? Uh, Who yeah, that? yeah. Uh, they were a big Those band ladies. in the in the '90s, I believe. Um, no, uh, so we have this huge Queen ten pack that is pretty much nothing but hits, and is still leaves them with plenty of more hits beyond that, um, which which says a lot about um, how awesome they were. Uh, so in that Queen ten pack, we have another one bites the dust, crazy little thing called love. Fat Bottom Girls, which is about Aaron. (laughs) I like bicycles. You do like bicycles. Um, I Want It All, I Want to Break Free, Killer Queen, One Vision, Somebody to Love, Tie Your Mother Down, and Under Pressure. Um, And just uh, as soon as basically those went into our own little testing environment so that people here at Harmonix could try out those songs... Um, the team took an afternoon and basically sat down and played through it twice, once or twice, a bunch of times. Um, Many. So, so anybody have any sort of impressions? Uh, since Hope? I uh, began working at Harmonix, Queen was like the top band I wanted to get. Queen was the top band I wanted to get in the game. Um, so it's like the best week ever that that's coming out. Um, we uh, played all the tracks. Uh, it was amazing. And you guys are going to love them. Uh, just one little fun anecdote at our <laughs> weekly lunch, which we call Wheelie, and we'll explain that some other time. Uh, it's about 300 people. All of Harmonix has lunch together on Fridays. Um, we all sang the introduction to Somebody to Love in unison, and it sounded amazing. It actually sounded really good, because normally when we sing Happy Birthday... It is the most monotone. monotone. We actually deliberately try to make it sound as bad as humanly yeah. possible, but it's probably just just slightly worse than we would actually do. Uh, this this is amazing, though. There was there was actual harmonizing, which I don't yeah. think we should attempt to recreate here. Yeah. But um, I have and another song. Under pressure is one of my absolute favorite songs of all time. Strongly believe under pressure is the best song of the 1980s. I said it. 
Wow. 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 I think it's one of the best me. songs ever written, and I love the way Mr. Pope sings it. Oh. Aww. Yeah. Let's end it on a sweet note. That is yeah. really good. So, at any rate, that's our, uh, nobody has anything else. Oh, Cat does. I have one more thing. Um, I would like to say the date of when the Queen Pack comes out, which is... 1020. It's my birthday. Yay. Yay. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Good harmonizing. Um, so at any rate, that's our DLC roundup for 1013 and 1020. Uh, weeks of. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Um, we'll have another one coming in probably about two weeks. So um, this is us signing off. Bye-bye. Bye. I brung my damn rung, brung low the Berlin Wall.